0: Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk Good morning. Good morning. Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. Okay, he's here. You know what they say about being careful what you ask for? Be even more careful what you pray for. And, for instance, in yeah, 2016, I said, Lord, refine me. Bring forth the gold. <laughs> Obviously, he's still working on that. <laughs> and last year, I said, Lord, I want to be stretched. I want you to stretch me. Well, this is the day of stretching. <laughs> <laughs> My prayer for this year is... Dear God, please don't give me all I ask for. (laughs) What I'm going to share this morning is testimony. Um, Testimony to the immeasurable love of our heavenly Father. It's a love that cherishes us. It's a love that fights for us. It's a love that carries us from birth until our hair is white, or in my case, bleach blonde. Like many of you, there's been quite a few transforming seasons in my life. And so, to Ecclesiastes 3, 1-8. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart, and a time to sew together. A time to keep silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And as a professional say, a bit of background. In the Bible, the number two is the number for division. And in Ecclesiastes, there is 222 verses, three twos. It's a book of division. Division between heaven and earth, between man and God. Written by King Solomon. You can read about him in 1 Kings and Chronicles. And the name Solomon means friend of God. Nathan the prophet gave him another name, Jedediah. Oh, Jedediah, I love that name. It's up there with Obadiah. If anybody's having twin boys, there's some names. Just say. God so blessed Solomon, great knowledge, understanding, great wealth, great wisdom. And people, including royalty, came from distant lands to draw from this well of wisdom. And we can be those wells of wisdom. The Bible says, you don't have because you don't ask. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 7, Ask, and keep on asking, and it will be given. Seek, and keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep knocking, and the door will be open. Solomon was indeed a man of many talents. He was an author. And in his youth, he wrote Songs of Songs, Shira HaShira. And it was a story of his love for a Shulamite girl. And Shulamite happens to be the feminine of Solomon. That's another story. Songs of Solomon also tells of the deep love of our heavenly bridegroom, for us, his bride. Throughout his middle years, Solomon wrote proverbs, and in his latter years, Ecclesiastes. He was indeed a man who had it all. 700 wives and 300 concubines. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) He was the golden boy who made good until, as we read in 1 Kings 11.4, in his old age, they, his foreign wives, turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father was. Yeah. So, by the time that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, he'd gone from being the golden boy to a brassed off old man reflecting on life. He was no longer living under God's glory. He was living under the sun, the world, relying on worldly wisdom. You know, Solomon didn't completely lose sight of God. However, he allowed himself to be led by others into temptation, which in turn led him to unfaithfulness, to spiritual adultery. And that's a lesson for us all. Our heavenly bridegroom is returning for a pure and spotless bride and it is up to the bride to make herself ready for his return just like the five virgins to live in that reverential awesome fear of God. You know the Lord hasn't given us an overcoming life. He's given us a life to overcome. Yeah, good every season that God leads us into is for our good and for his purposes. And when we choose to fully submit to God, we will yield a hundredfold harvest for every season. In the natural, there are signs of changing seasons, the transitional times. And these are a bit difficult, it's times to be patient, it's times to wait, it's times to trust God. You know, for instance, it wouldn't make one iota of sense to be standing in the middle of winter, knee-deep in snow, dressed in shorts and swimwear. And it wouldn't make no sense to be in the middle of summer, we're in wellies and woolies. We have to be ready. A time of war and a time of peace. In 2 Samuel 11, one and two, there is a fantastic example to be the importance to be in God's given season. It reads, it was the spring when kings normally went out to war. It was a season of war, and King David, the great warrior, sent out his armies. But where was he? He decided to stay home. And one afternoon, he's wandering through his palace, a goblet full of wine, a Jacob's cream cracker in the other. (laughs) (laughs) And there he spied a beautiful woman having a bath, on the roof. And you know what they say? Well, it just happened. One thing led to another. Well, one sin led to another. First adultery and then murder. And didn't King David have a bit of bother arranging the murder of Uriah? Don't you think God was trying to give him the heads up? Don't do it. Stop. The time of peace only came to King David after Nathan the prophet pointed out his sins. And I'll thank God for the forgiveness of sins. But you know, sins have consequences and some of them are very costly. They were to King David and to his future generations. A time to be born and a time to die Out of the 14 opposites in this list, these first two are the only ones in which we don't have a choice. Life and death are in the hands of God and only He knows the when of it. That's why we have to be always ready. A time to plant and a time to harvest, sowing and reaping, You know, our lives on earth are a God-given time to plant good seeds, to live out our lives in the commandments that Jesus gave us, to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our soul, and all our minds, and to love each other as ourselves. And then we will reap a good harvest. It's written in 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we all must stand before the Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly body. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones together. This immediately made me think of when God scattered the Israelites, his precious stones, and we're now living in the time of God's promise, for indeed He is gathering His precious stones back to the land He gave them. Whoa! Oh. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. We are to embrace every season sickness, sorrow as well as seasons of mountaintop experiences and seasons of great joy, we have the assurance that God always turns everything together for good. And we need to discern seasons, to refrain from embracing the season, not to hang on to it. And this can also mean relationships, Our children. We need to be courageous to let go. A time to kill and a time to heal. The Hebrew word used in this text for kill, it's not the same word that's used in the fifth commandment because God never goes against his word. But there are times when the Lord draws our attention to some part of the flesh that he really would like to see killed off, so he can release the healing and restoration. A time to tear down and a time to build up. I immediately thought, strongholds. What is a spiritual stronghold? Well, it's any area of darkness within our mind or personality that causes ongoing, reoccurring, uh, emotional and spiritual behavior problems, such as anger, rebellion, physical problems. And every stronghold is built on a lie. But we may well be totally unaware that we have a stronghold. We can be genuinely born again, sincere in our faith, but still have an ongoing, reoccurring difficulty, Mm -hmm. which prevents God from giving us all that heaven contains. At some point, Satan gained access and obtained license. It could be through a deep hurt, a trauma, rejection, Something we've done, or something somebody else has done, or some sin through our generational line. My lot were a whole bunch of nerdy wells, I'll tell you. I even repented for Hitler at one time. Some years ago, a word was given to me that there had been a Deborah anointing placed on my family line. But at some point in the generation, sin entered, Satan obtained license, and he distorted it, and he used it for spiritualism. You know, during my pre-Jesus years, I was a pew filler and a hymn singer. (laughs) And Satan didn't mind that. But once I gave my life to Jesus, oh, did he kick off and kick in. But I had come too far to go back to that, I bowed the knee to the one that's greater than he that is in the world. And God released me and gave me back my spiritual inheritance. And we can all be free. In fact, let's take a moment. (laughs) Open your hearts and just ask God, are there any strongholds that I'm not aware of in my life? God, you are the God who demolishes strongholds, enable us to cast aside all fear and pride, to humble ourselves so that we can live in the joy of your freedom that your healing brings and your restoration. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Now you can go and see Susan Moore she'll whip up a sozo form for you. (laughs) A time to keep and a time to throw away. About, I think it was about two years ago in a conversation, the Lord said to me, you know, everything you learnt in the early years wasn't wrong. It was for that season though. And I'm doing a new season and I know you've perceived it. So it's time to throw some things out. And it's not easy and I'm still doing it so you know ask God is there anything I need to throw out especially any religiosity that can hide so that God can bring in the new I've also learned in this season that um, it isn't just for within the walls of the church I mean, John O'Connor's testimony is just really <laughs> uplifted my heart. The time to mend, tear and the time to mend. I think perhaps Solomon was referring to the practice of, you know, they tear their clothes as a sign of mourning. And uh, he would be aware of this because his father, he, he practiced this and then it's over. A time to be quiet and a time to speak, and I think I'll be working on this one until he beams me up. (laughs) (laughs) But I totally agree with Joyce Meyer. Do not be eager to give your opinion, and especially when somebody asks for it, because bet your bottom dollar you won't say what they want to hear. A time to love and a time to hate. Jesus said to love one another, and that means all people at all times. Right. Yeah. And I think there are seasons when God gives us opportunities to show a greater measure of Come his on. love. You know, whether it be a cuddle when someone's emotionally upset or practically. And yeah, we're all to hate sin, injustice, poverty, hypocrisy. Persecution, you can tell my pet ones. Um, Hate, hatred. And I think there is a time when God may say, debate and silence are not enough. Do something. Actually, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't give my life to Jesus until I was 45. And that took a supernatural encounter. It was on the 21st of September. 1991. Yes, next month I'll be 27. <laughs> Which is actually the reverse of my chronological years, but there you go. Five days in, I knew I was in a war. I'm flat out on my carpet, losing my mind. And I just shouted out, Jesus, without even knowing the power of his name. And Satan's, I see this, said... I may have lost you, but I'll get at you through your son. And oh goodness, that I have to be a fast learner. I spent the next ten years, it was a season of hands-on combat training. Because as time went on, Satan launched another attack. I think they call it a pincer movement, I don't know. But you know, Jesus never, never loses a battle. No matter how long it takes, he never loses a battle. And I did see the victories of both, eventually. A time to mourn and a time to dance. The first victory came in May 2001. My son Damien and I went down the pub. And his first words to me was, it's a good job you're sitting down, mum. And as on many previous occasions, I braced myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes, son. He said, I've asked Jesus into my life. I'm just waiting. Now here was the miracle. The Holy Spirit zipped my lip. I didn't say, I've got a Bible for you. Oh, there's a lovely church open to the other side of Colchester, Damien. I'll take you there. No, no. All I said was, if you've asked Jesus into your life, then I know you will come. A couple of weeks later, it was nine days after Damien's 28th birthday, my seemingly chippy chippy son went to bed and before morning came, he ascended into heaven. Satan lost, and Jesus won. God's ways are not our ways, but he always keeps his promise. And in 1993, while praying for Damien, the Lord gave me a promise from Job 22. It was a rhema word, and again, I didn't even know what a rhema word was. And he said, the one for whom you intercede is not innocent, but I will deliver him through the cleanness of your hands. So I just want to say to you, hang on to every promise God's given you. Maybe it won't turn out the way you feel, but he will keep his promise. And the very morning that Damien ascended, the Lord gave me a picture. I was in a room and all his friends were there and I was distracted and there, there was a little green knoll and Damien's standing there waving. And right beside him was Jesus, with his arm across his shoulder. And the Lord gave me three beautiful words. I've got him. I've got him. He also gave me the scriptures, Isaiah 57, 1. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. No one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand I have rescued them from the evil to come. I personally think there are worse things than death for those that are in Messiah Jesus. He told me he would lead me through the valley of Baca as written in Psalm 84. Now, Baca is a very dry, barren place and it's where pilgrims go through. And as they journey through, and their faith grows, they become place of springs. And God releases the early rains from heaven, the blessings, and it says they go from strength to strength, increasing in victories and power. And each of them appears before God in Zion. Now, Damien wasn't the first premature death in our family. And as time went on, the Lord revealed to me there was a generational stronghold because of sin and Satan had license including self-sacrifice, child sacrifice. He then lo- the led to uh, train in a ministry called Restoring the Foundations, which is focused on deliverance from generational strongholds, including spiritualism, Freemasonry, The second victory, you know, if we've got ears to hear, God does give us warnings when there is a difficult season coming. And in 1997, I was given the word in Hosea Hosea 12, which includes the valley of Accor being turned, you know, trouble being turned into a door of hope. I didn't get the victory for this one until 2005. But nonetheless, I got the victory. You know, some seasons can last a while. This particular one was seven years. And the night of weeping can be a long night. But joy always, yeah. always comes in the morning. And you know, it's heavenly joy that counteracts grief. Okay. In fact, I just want to declare the joy of the Lord over this church. Yeah. I declare the heavenly joy to break any lingering grief. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare the joy of the Lord is this church's strength. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I can certainly say that my latter days are better than my former. This is my seventh year here at the Bay. I came very reluctantly. I mean, not just the Bay, I mean home. However, this late bloomer has been allowed to flourish I've been given freedom to fly. I've been given freedom to be all that God's made me to be. Yeah, right, yeah. And I just give honor to this church. Yeah. You know, the first verse of Isaiah 61 is my life testimony. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Yo! Yes. Hey, oh! because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And God does use me in this way. And I cannot encourage you enough Be all that God's called you to be. Because all that Satan meant for evil, God has turned to good. He previously used me through RTF and he now is using me in the Sozo ministry. You can't lose with God, you can only gain. And now I'd like to pray for us. Father God, I do give you thanks for this part of your body, the Bay Church. I give you thanks for the leadership, for the trustees. I give you thanks for every person here. And I pray, Father God, that indeed we will Step into your amazing grace, your fantastic power, your healing, your deliverance, your redemption and restoration, so that we can be all that you have called us to be, so we can fulfill our destiny in Christ Jesus. Amen.